All right, let's open up the scriptures together. The first part of scripture that I'm going to be in is Matthew 11:28. 28. Today we kick off a new series called The Rhythms of Grace. Because just like for those of you that maybe have been married or aspire to be married and you know marriage is easy, so is life. Life is not hard. Life presents no challenges. Life is not exhausting or difficult. All of us have it figured out. None of us have it figured out. So what is it about Jesus? If, if, if I could figure out life on my own, if I was capable of being my own savior, I have no need for Jesus. I have no need for faith because guess what? I don't need faith. I've got it all secure. I knew how to form my own body and bring it into this world. I know how to live my life in my own body by my own power and strength in every circumstance and situation when I'm in this life. And by golly, I've got the afterlife figured out too. I know how to handle every aspect of life, said no one ever. And so what I think is really intriguing about Jesus is we begin to get this story of invitation. And the story of invitation is that the creator God has always been. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have always been and have always been inviting us to a relationship and to life. And Jesus shows up on the scene as the Savior of the world and has this very interesting invitation to us. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 in the NIV says this, Jesus to the humans of his day and time, and I believe he's speaking to us today, is this, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Just a quick survey in the room. If you could use a little more rest in your life, raise your hand. Awesome. A few of us. All of us. Life is demanding. And even, I don't want us to be fooled, it's not that it was easier back in the day. This was the ache of the human heart in Jesus' day and time. It's the ache of the human heart in our day and time. And so our hope is this series will give us an invitation of how do we come to Jesus? How do we receive the grace of God revealed in Jesus? How is it not just this thought or this kind of intellectual faith journey that feels distant from our life, but it is actually life giving life to us on our insides, in our emotions, in our thought life, in our anxieties, in our depression, in our relationships and our work, in our play and in our social life. We're beginning to watch the kingdom of God saturate every single part. And we have a rhythm of grace where Jesus is close and the Holy Spirit is empowering and filling us so that every day we wake up and we can take a deep breath. And we can know that it's going to be all right. And we can know that there's a hope and a future that is anchored in the love of God. Come to me. It's an invitation. In Eugene Peterson's translation, the message, it reads like this. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? I mean, couldn't that just be like the, the headline of the American church right now? Just burned out. Come to me. Not come to the vineyard. By God's grace, don't come to Kurt. I will let you down. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. 
I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Welcome to the journey of following Jesus. This is the invitation of God for us today. To live in a way that is different than the normal way of life in our day and time and in this culture. That we begin to rhythm in the unforced grace of the living God in everything we do. And so today we kick off the series with the rhythm of prayer. The rhythm of prayer. Jesus' invitation is come to me and I will give you. And I believe prayer is a primary way we posture our lives in a conversation with God. He says come to me and so we come with a rhythm of prayer. He says watch how I do it. So let's watch how he does it. Mark 1.35. This is what it says about the life of Jesus. Recorded in one of the Gospels. Very early in the morning... While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he, where he, that's right. If you think, well, yeah, Jesus lived his life and Jesus was God, and I can't aspire to that, that's not true. What we aspire to is the rhythms of grace in the life of Jesus. Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, showing us how to live freely and lightly. Jesus got up early and prayed. And you might be thinking, man, Jesus must have been like an early bird, right? What if you're a night owl? Jesus, late at night, when everybody else was asleep, went out to a solitary place to pray, okay? Just, just work with the scriptures a little bit here. There is an unforced rhythm of grace that we see in Jesus, and it's that he went away to pray. Jesus did not try to live life or force life in his own power, his own deity, or strength. If you read, actually, in Philippians 2, it says he laid all of that down. He humbled himself to become a servant, taking on the form of human flesh. The rhythms of grace in Jesus' life show us the way. And what I want us to see in Mark 1.35, in this one verse, here's what I want to posture us towards. There is grace in God's presence. Just putting ourselves in God's presence, just showing up, waking up and going, God, this time is for you and for me. I am here. I am willing. Would you meet me? There is grace in God's presence. We all need a regular experience of finding ourselves in God's presence. There is no other way to live. There is no other resource sufficient enough but the presence of God to supply you with what you need today. This, give us this day our daily bread. Every week when we pray that, guess what we're reminding ourselves? We need daily presence from the living God. Here's what else I love about this. In the morning, Jesus gets up, goes to a solitary place to pray. Why? Because he knew he needed the Father's love. There's grace in God's presence and there's grace in our humility Anytime you start praying, you are expressing a humility that says, God, you might have something I need. God, I do not have this figured out. I am insufficient. I am not all-powerful. 
I'm actually at my wit's end. Would you be gracious to me? See, the grace of prayer is that it cultivates a posture of humility. Unless the only way you pray is God do this, God do that, God answer me, God respond, you know, like whatever. Like if you're dictating to God what God should be doing in the earth, eh, maybe that's more prideful prayer, but uh, that's probably another message for another day. I'll let you and the Holy Spirit deal with that one. Some of y'all, oh, I might have just upset somebody. (laughs) I don't know. Grace in God's presence, grace in our humility, and grace in God's power. Early in the morning, Jesus gets up and goes to a solitary place. A place away from the people, the crowd, all the to-dos. And I think when we are reminded that the world goes on and that what we really need is the power of God revealed in our lives and we're joining the work of God when we leave that place of prayer, there's a grace to understand we're joining God in the earth, not just lamenting and hoping by some miracle God will decide to grace us at any given moment because God is holding it all together. This is the kingdom of God. In the beginning, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit spoke life and creation throughout all time. We're holding it together and will come again and make all things new, all things right, all things whole. It is the power of God revealed in the way of God, and we in prayer bring our lives and say, let your kingdom Mark 135 the way of Jesus is the way of prayer the way of Jesus is the way of prayer we're invited to be faithful in our prayer life and here's what I want to do if you're here exploring faith I'm so glad that you are if you're like man I have not decided on this Jesus thing I don't know I got a lot of questions. Perfect place to ask your questions is in prayer and in conversation with friends that you trust. Jesus welcomed questions. Jesus asked questions. So if you're exploring faith, I actually think prayer is a great posture to take because you go, God, if you're real, prove it. Prove it. Show yourself to me. Reveal yourself to me. Make yourself known in my life. Here is something I am asking for you to meet me in. What do you want to say? How do you want to move? Where might you show up? And just give God a chance to be God in your life. So this is actually a great thing. You can test the waters. You can like test drive faith in Jesus. I'm not saying that's like a biblical thing. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying practically, like just begin to ask God to show who God is to you. So this isn't just for people who are already following Jesus. You can begin to pray to see, God, are you out there? So Romans 12, 12 says something interesting. I was going to read more of it, but I'm just going to jump right to the verse. This is in a passage of Scripture where we're being challenged to renew our lives, to be transformed, to not look just like the normative world around us who are not following Jesus, but to live into the transforming story of Jesus. And it says this, Be joyful in hope. 
patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. Be faithful in prayer. There is a grace for all of us if we will practice prayer faithfully. There is a grace, meaning it is a gift we receive from God if we will just pray faithfully, day in and day out. Day in and day out. Make ourselves available to prayer. Prayer is this, a conversation with God. That's it. Prayer is a conversation with God. It's how we can, like, talk to ourselves. No, you're not just talking to yourself. You are putting your life in the presence of God, saying, God, reveal yourself to me. Speak to me. Encourage me. You can speak to me in the scriptures. You can speak to me in my thoughts. You can speak to me through a friend. Prayer is a conversation with God. Barna.com says this, prayer is the most common faith practice among American adults. Almost 80% practice prayer. And here's what I found myself curious about. If we're all practicing prayer, why, why are things not changing more? If we're all practicing prayer, not all, if 80 plus percent of us are practicing prayer, if it's the most common faith practice, why do I still bear the weight of depression or anxiety? Why does my anger fire off faster than my prayer? Why is it that the world still seems so, however you fill in the blank? Does prayer work? prayer even giving to me what I think that it should? Here was something that I found fascinating after. If you see this graphic, this is from that Barna study. For those of you online, what this says is they, in the people they polled, so you can only trust the data set so much, right? But it paints an interesting picture. 95% of the people who pray, pray by themselves. The majority are silent. Some pray by themselves out loud. But I was struck, 95% pray solo prayers. And so it made me begin to think, what is the purpose of prayer? Is prayer keeping us isolated in our needs? Is prayer a place I tell God what I think should be happening? Is prayer a place I ask God to do the stuff I want God to do, but nobody else in my life knows what's going on? Nobody else knows what my needs are, and so I'm actually isolated and alone and dealing with the doubts that come because my prayers go unanswered in the way I want them answered. Where is the grace in that? Where is the grace in the prayer of unanswered prayers? Where is the grace Yes, I know, Mark 1.35 says Jesus went to a solitary place. But he also taught his disciples how to pray. And so I want to ask you, in your life, what is the purpose of prayer? Is it simply reaching for miracles that rarely happen? We should pray for the miraculous to happen. We should not reduce prayer to the pursuit of the miraculous. And here's what I mean personal prayer and praying for others is ultimately about connecting our life to the love of God. I think that's what Jesus was doing early in the morning. I think he needed to know the love of the Father for what he was going to do throughout that next day. I think Jesus, rooted and established in love, used prayer as the primary place to receive the love of God so that when he lived, he lived a perfect life of 
love. That Jesus, God in the flesh, embodied love because he was anchored to the love of the Father and filled with the love of the Spirit. Prayer, when practiced faithfully, should increase love in our lives. Prayer, when practiced faithfully, now means my personal prayer life is a receiving of the love of God into every nook, crevice, and cranny, that there's no truer truth being spoken over my life than the love of God the Father. So when I come with my depression and my anxiety, my worries and my fears, when I come with everything that makes me afraid for the day, it gets smaller in the presence of God because the love of God begins to minister to those places in my life. Anybody? Amen. Come on. We need this. In a world that's confusing, in a world that's demanding, in a world that's making you ask questions, We need a place we can go. So I think here's what faithfulness in prayer looks like. The first is receive. Receive the love of God. I think faithfulness in prayer creates more space for listening than dictating. Just listen. Probably the difference between prayer, like I'm just thinking about this in real time. So this is is now, I'm going to, I'm going to be authentic with my own personal transformation journey. I think a lot of thoughts to myself about my life. Anybody relate? Yeah, I'm just like, you can pray for anybody that's connected with me because I'm way more self-centered than I would like to believe. I think in my head, thinking in my head and my own thoughts, I can begin to pray those to God. And that's part of the process. I think God wants to know what I'm thinking. But if I can... If I can embrace a posture of listening, then I get quiet. I can be still and know that God is God and he's got me. And then I can begin to listen for the wisdom of heaven. I can begin to listen for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And I can let God speak his heart and his mind to me in prayer. So I receive the love of God. Now I believe God is good. God is for me. God loves me. And then as I listen for the voice of God, I know that that voice is going to be loving and good and compassionate and kind. And now, out of prayer, guess how I show up in the world? To share what? Love. To share in the way of Jesus, which is love, which now means when I begin to pray for someone in my life, I've been faithful in prayer for myself. I've received the love of God. Now, anytime I'm praying for a friend, guess what the ultimate goal is? That they feel, y'all got this. Romans 5. Jumping back just a little bit in the same book paints this so eloquently for us, and I'm going to just take all the pressure off. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we faithful in prayer, we receive peace. Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because, here it is, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The Holy Spirit has been a dividing line for a lot of spiritual traditions in the American church. 
I don't want to focus on that. I want you to hear the scriptures about the thing we should be unifying around and opening our lives to the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is the gift of God's love for us. The gift of God's love for you is that the Holy Spirit would fill you and empower you and be that close, like the air you breathe, so that when we're faithful in prayer, we can just pray this simple prayer, come Holy Spirit, because it's a reminder to receive God's love. Romans 5, 5. The work of the Holy Spirit for you and for me every day we wake up is to know that God's love has been poured out into us. So, walking billboard today. You are loved is a truth strengthened through the ministry of the Holy Spirit in prayer. You are loved is this storybook. You are loved is why God wants to pour out his Holy Spirit onto your life and on the church so that we as a community could know we need God. We need to receive from God every day, which is why we're going to be faithful in. How many of you want to go home and pray now? Like, oh, I just get to experience God's love? That's what it's for. If you do not feel loved by God, you need to lay that down and in humility pick up the truth of Scripture and the truth of God revealed in Jesus and the truth of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit because you are loved. You are loved. You are loved. This is why we want to open our lives to God in prayer. This is why we pray for one another at the end of the services because we need to be reminded of the love of God. And sometimes when I don't believe it for myself, I need a friend to pray over me so I can hear their words. I can hear their prayers when I don't know what to pray. So last slide. Prayer, personal prayer, and praying for others. Here's where I want to finish. We're going to practice. Wouldn't it be weird to be like, we should all pray, and then we don't pray? I'm going to try not to do that to us today. Personal prayer and praying for others is ultimately about connecting our life to the love of God. The world does not need more ideas. The world does not need more struggles and battles for truth. There are things that are not our battles to fight. There are postures for us to stand, to stand faithful in the faith we have in Jesus, to stand humble in the way we walk with one another, and to stand faithful in prayer, which is about God's love being poured out in our lives through the Holy Spirit, and then beginning to display that love for one another in new ways. This is how they will know you are my disciples, if you love one another. If you love one another, you are loved. You are loved. There's no better story. There's no truer story. And it is only in the love of God all the imperfections and the destruction in my own life begins to have a hope of being mended. The love of God revealed in Jesus. So let's try some things. Y'all ready to practice? Uh-oh. Here's what's cool. I'm going to ask us to do some things to practice prayer. You do not have to do anything you do not want to do. You do not have to do anything that you do not want to do. Jesus' invitation is come to me. Wherever you are on your journey, here's the good news. God has already moved towards you. 
God is moving towards you already in the person of Jesus, in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. God loves you. What do you want to receive today? So remember that thing 95% of people pray silently or alone? We have a chance to pray together out loud. I was talking to a friend of mine who's connected in the city and ministry, and he was telling me about his, his tradition, which is uh, his family tradition is a different ethnic tradition than mine, and their church tradition has some different practices, and he just was telling me how when they gathered as the church, they would all pray out loud at the same time together. How many of you have experienced a prayer moment where everybody starts praying out loud together at the same time? Some of us. How many of you have not? Some of us. Right? There's a split. So, we're going to do that. Some of you will start praying like this loud. Okay, God, I pray. And here's the prayer I think we're supposed to pray today. God, we need you. So whatever form of God, we need you. I just want us to take a minute to just begin to pray that. And you can start super quiet. And if the room is completely silent, that's okay. But if we all start praying together, you won't be able to hear what anybody else is praying. So you still get that, like, safety and security in God's presence. So whatever the prayer of your heart is, we're going to offer those prayers today. Whatever you walked in the door with today, you, you walked in with that. That's real. This is the place God meets us in authentic reality, okay? All right. So God, we just begin to lift up our prayers to you today. We need you. We need you, God. We need your presence. We need your power. We need you. We need to know that you're real. We need to be set free from the ways we resist your love. We need you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Pour out your love on our hearts. Pour out your love on our minds. We need you. Good job. Look at that. Thank you, God, for these prayers. We offer these prayers faithfully to you. Okay. So let's shift our prayer practice. Now we're going to listen. We're going to listen. And here's a question I get asked regularly. How do you know it's God speaking to you? One of the reasons we want to spend time in Scripture that it should be consistent with the character and heart of God in Scripture. Another way to say it is, the thoughts that come to us are better than the thoughts on, that we would have on our own. It's another way to think about it. We can check it in community. We can check it with somebody else. I was thinking this. So in humility, we check with one another because we discern as a community. We have the Holy Spirit we have the scriptures, and we have the community. So let's just listen. Listen, God, what would you want to say to us today? We just want to be quiet in your presence. You can keep your eyes open. You can close your eyes if it helps you concentrate. I don't think that dictates whether or not God speaks.
want to give two encouragements to you as you keep practicing this this week. One is when we're quiet in prayer, we're reminded God does not need us to do something to merit his activity. We just get still. There's the scriptures say, be still and know in your being, I am God. I also think when we get quiet and we listen, we can hear our breath. And the song that came to my mind was, it's your breath in our lungs. You are the giver of life. So you don't have to do anything in prayer. Here's the other thing. How many of you got distracted at least once? Pastor that I admire and follow on Instagram, Rich Velotis, says, if you get distracted a thousand times in prayer, it's a thousand opportunities to come back to Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? I'm like, dude, you are smart. I, like, I liked it. Gave it the old heart. Don't be discouraged if you're distracted. If your mind's racing, God knows. And every time you come, you live into the scriptures. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I want us to stand together as a community. A couple of, so I, I've got a couple leaders in the room that as we were listening, you might have had a word from the Lord. We believe God speaks words of encouragement. We're going to take time just to begin to pray for one another. And here's what, I have a couple thoughts. So Stephanie, you want to come? Ken, if you want to come? A couple of us uh, from the church family were just at our National Vineyard USA uh, leadership conference. But I just had this sense that if you have never been prayed for by somebody else, I felt like I was supposed to invite you to come receive prayer today because here's why. And it is simply this. If you, if the reality that you are loved by God is sometimes hard for you, that's the place we're starting today. You need to experience the love of God. Maybe it's not been hard in the past, but your circumstances, where you're at in life, the way you're experiencing life, you could just use a fresh experience of God's love. You could use a fresh experience of the Holy Spirit being poured out on you. We just read through the book of Acts. We've been giving invitation to come, let the Holy Spirit fill you. Come, receive from the Holy Spirit. Okay? So anybody who just needs, you know, come to me, all you who are weary. I need to experience God. I need his presence. I need his power. I would love to hear somebody just pray a prayer of blessing over me. I want you to go ahead and come, okay? And we're going to begin to pray for you. Um, I'm going to grab this mic real quick. So um, whenever we started to listen, I, um, I sense the Lord was saying, I have so much more for you. You just need to come to me. My arms are open wide. Just come to me. And um, the reference is, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And Jesus tells that story. That's the story of the prodigal son, if you don't know it. And, um, and he's basically saying, that's what the father looks like. So if there's anything that's holding anybody back, I believe the, the Father wants you to just come to him and don't let anything keep you from him. You got anything? Yeah, when I was listening, I um, had this picture of when taking youth to camp, which I've done multiple times in Colorado. And, you know, you always end up on these hikes and um, some people are better at hiking at high altitudes than others. I would be the others. And I was just reminded that Jesus, and I don't know if this makes sense to any of you, but Jesus loves to be at the back of the line with you. 
He loves to be with those that do not have it together and don't, um, aren't, aren't outwardly successful or accomplished. He's, he just, he loves those people. And I'm so grateful for it personally. But if that makes sense to you, just know that you're, you haven't, you're not lagging behind Jesus. He's right there with you. So come, if you need something, God has, I believe, the infinite supply of what we need. And so come now. If you just want to receive prayer, if you feel like, God, I need the more that you have for me, if you feel like you've been at the back of the line and not been believing that God's love is for you, come. If you are sick and need prayer for healing, come. If you need to experience God's love, come. And you can come right now. And then we're going to gather around and pray for you. And we'll stick around. And I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing for us. The other thing I just, want to, I just want to keep saying this. If you know that story that Stefan just shared, you've been away from God, but you feel like God's calling you home. That is that relational space where you say, God, I want to walk with you all the days of my life. You are invited to respond to that today. So I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing, and then we'll just begin to pray, and we'll just linger as long as we need to go grab your kids. We want to pray for kids and families together. If y'all got stuff going on, students can come receive too. So God, we just trust you. We trust you with our lives. The whole reality of this thing is you have what we need. So if there's any need, we just say, come with your compassion and your grace. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would pour yourself out on this room so that as we are faithful in prayer, we would be sent out to be expressions of your love into the day-to-day. We would be expressions of your love to our coworkers. We'd be expressions of love on campuses, to our classmates, to our roommates, to our families. Pour the love of God out on us by your Spirit. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray these things. Amen.